right. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Sports Betting with Jake and Scott. On the last podcast, I said Sports Betting with Scott and Jake, but Jake's the CEO of You Bet Smart, so we got to make sure Jake's name's in the front. Um, sitting to my right, I've already said his name, but he is the player prop master. He, a lot of people say he's the magician, so much so that he made all of our data disappear this oh, week. Shit. <laughs> Too soon, man. Oh, too soon? All right. Well, Jake West, everybody. There he is. Hey. What's up, fellas? How you doing? Doing good, besides losing some data. But I do have an update on the data. Okay. Well, we're going to get into that a little bit later on, I think. And we do have an audience today. Um, First, we got a new member of the show. Our, uh, I'm not going to say it. I was about to say it. Go ahead. But we need, it. we need, we need me and Jake, especially me. We need to be kept honest during the podcast because I talk out of my ass. I pretty much say anything that's on my mind, whether it's true or not. So we need someone to keep us honest. And that new guy is Chris Wagner. Welcome, Chris. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Uh, I don't know about keeping you guys honest. Just. You know, if you need like help with finding a stat or something, or if I hear you guys say something that is demonstrably false, then I can jump in and kind of lead you guys back uh, on the right direction. All right. Yeah. Feel free every time we say something (laughs) false, because it's going to be a lot. And then we have a special episode today. We're doing um, a UFC, UFC 285, an MMA podcast, our first one. It's going to be all about the fights coming up on Saturday, March 4th. And we have our special guest who is the MMA master of You Bet Smart. (laughs) We're thinking about, we don't do any picks for MMA at You Bet Smart, but we're thinking about doing them. And if there was one guy that we're going to ask to do our picks for us, it's you. All right. Parrish, it's good to see you. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be here. All right. Really excited. All right. Um, what makes you an MMA master? I'm not. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not. Yeah. I just a big enthusiast, and I've been training in it. Um, I've been training in different martial arts my whole life, and I just really enjoy it. And I've been watching the sport since it started. So. Yeah, it's an exciting sport. I've been. Wa- I mean, I know nothing about MMA, so I've been like cramming, like it's a final for college. I've been like watching so much stuff, like listening to stuff, watching stuff. And I, I got to say, I texted my wife today and I go, um, can we get the fights this weekend? I've never asked her. She's never seen me watch UFC ever. She doesn't think that like, I know anything about it. Obviously, I don't. But I was like, hey, can we get the fights this weekend? Because I've been watching so much stuff. I'm like pumped for this. Fight. <laughs> it's a good card to buy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, thanks, guys, for having us. Um, or thanks for coming in. Thanks for. Thank you for having us. us. Yeah. 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 Um, Let's move on to the notes. We already need a couple notes for this podcast. Uh, do we have any notes for the last podcast, Jake? Uh, one, I want to bring up the website issues. We did have some issues, like you, you said earlier. We lost some data temporarily, but it was recovered. Um, basically, when we were switching developers and um, basically transferring over the data from one server to another, we temporarily lost some of our bet data. Uh, thankfully, we have backups. I have, we have the Excel spreadsheet, so we wouldn't have lost it uh, altogether. But I don't know. Long story short, we ended up uh, Bill ended up recovering the data, so we have it now. Like the old data, the data that we thought we lost, like our bet data on um, on our back end. 
Okay. Is it on the back end now? Not yet. Oh, okay. Wow. He just told me before. You couldn't wait to tell me this, huh? No. I'm excited. That just made (laughs) me like really excited. I want to go look at all the data right now. Yeah, exactly. So. Oh, that's cool. He found it. Yes, sir. Wow. That is awesome. Yeah. It was actually, I was thinking about this. It's a blessing in disguise because, because this happened, I know you scrambled to think of like how is a different way that we can, um, get you bet smart out there to all of our customers like how, how what else can we do since this kind of like uh failed the company so like we couldn't get all of our bets out there yeah and i also looked into something and i found something called dub club yeah i talked about it it's dubclub.win and it basically is kind of like an airbnb for sports handicappers so it is a website that like you can put your service on there and then they do all the legwork for you. I love it. And I wouldn't have looked into this and found this if we didn't, if that didn't happen. Yeah. So now we have like something on the side, they're linked to Twitter. So, um, they've, they take all of your followers from Twitter. There's a big sports betting community on Twitter and they take all of those followers, put them on the website and then you can just sign people up straight through that service. And I think it would be a good addition to you, BetSmart, and kind of be a backup. And also, they send out text messages. And we couldn't figure that out. Yeah, that's amazing, man. Yeah, because we kept getting filtered. And you said, weren't they sending out a link instead of a text? So that's how they get around it. Okay. They, instead of saying like, instead of sending out a text that is obviously a sports bet, they send out a link. And then you just click the link and the link goes straight to the dub club page. And then all of your bets are on that page. That sounds great, man. Which is a good workaround. We should probably actually look into doing that ourselves. Yes, sir. Yeah. So good notes. It's, uh, we're growing. We're growing as human beings. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's, let's move right into the weekly results. What did you, uh, how did you do this week? And, um, and I should say first that we're, um, we're going to do 10 days when it's not last week. Cause we are getting this podcast out late. Um, we had a couple fans just, uh, just itching to hear about it. We heard about it from a couple of people, yeah. but, um, how'd you do this week? So from the 18th until now I'm up 1,048. So I, I only did six days of betting. Um, our site went down. So I spent a little bit of time trying to get that back together. And then I also just had surgery yesterday and, so I took yesterday off, but, uh, it was, I was doing really well. And then I had an O and four night. Oh, you did? Yeah. And, but you're still up a grand on the week. Uh, fi- a little over 1500. Oh, 1500. Yeah. What, what does that bring you to? Uh, let me look at, see the grand total. The grand total is, uh, 10,802 profit. So 108% return on investment and 50, 50 days betting. I took some days off. Um, I didn't bet at all. So in 50 days of betting, I'm up uh, 108%. 108%. So 10,008. So your $20,000 bankroll. Oh, I'm sorry. Your $10,000 bankroll is at 20,800. Yes, sir. Nice. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. What about That's you? Uh, I'm about the same. Okay. You're just about to eclipse me, I think. Okay. I think we talked about it on the last podcast that player props is our, that's our bread and butter. So eventually you're going to just skyrocket right past me and I'm never going to see you again. Your bankroll will get way above me, but <clears throat> I'm still hanging in there. It's been two months, but, uh, um, so last week I did save it. If we would have 
did this podcast when we were supposed to. Um, the podcast got out late because it's my fault. I got sick. But um, we're doing it now, and it gave me a couple extra days to make some more bets and get my my week back into um, the even level. So I lost 400 over the last 10 days. Wow, there you go. Yeah, but I was down like three grand at one point. Okay, so, I was uh, up over back. like three or four K and I came back. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> Did the opposite. That's yeah. one good thing about the way that our sports betting system works is that our bets complement each other. Yeah, exactly. You know, so like when you're doing good, I'm not. When I'm not, you are. And then every once in a while, we're both doing good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And then that's when it goes up big yeah. time. So yeah, I'm right around you. Oh, actually, I think I'm at, because I came back, um, I think going into this podcast, because I can put two losses on there, I lost two tonight, I'm right around like up 12000 Awesome. So man. the $10,000 bankroll is at like 22000 so that puts us both at up like over 20,000, somewhere around there. Yeah, that's great, man. Which is good. We're on our way. Like we said in the last podcast, we are going, we're turning our $10,000 bankrolls, two of them, into a million dollars. Yeah. And we got five years to do it. Exactly. So we're, we're almost there. We got to double up six times and we've already done it once. So yeah. Five more to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we should probably stop talking about you, BetSmart, because we're boring our guests. Yeah. They don't. They don't want to hear about how all this money that we're making. Um, I just want a loan. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys bet on sport? Parish? Do you bet on sports at yeah, all? Yeah, sure. I, I've used I've used you guys for a lot of times. My biggest problem is is that a lot of those uh, picks come out during the day, and I'm in an attic at work or or doing that kind of stuff, so I don't get to execute the bets, but. I like the I like sports betting a lot. Yeah. I'm into it. Yeah, that's the one thing that I'm always thinking about is when we're putting out the bets, I'm thinking like right now we don't have an alert system set up. So like there's no way for it to alert you. And then also like you have you're doing stuff. Right. Like everybody has stuff to do. Exactly. Not everybody has is gonna go like, let's go check the bets and make all the bets. So yeah, it's a it's a interesting industry. But uh, what about you, Chris? Do you bet? I'm kind of sporadic with betting. Uh, I'll go on like a month stretch where I bet like every day and then I won't bet for like three months. Uh, my favorite thing to do is to bet live bet uh, NBA basketball. But I have to actually watch the game to live bet it. And I like to pick like uh, games where it's a really good team versus a really bad team and kind of bet it around halftime, depending okay. on what's going on in the game. But then I'm forced to watch the NBA, and uh, I don't know if you've watched a lot lately. It's kind of garbage right now. Is it? There's like no defense. They because of the rules, the, you, their players are allowed to do whatever they want offensively, and you can't like breathe on them anymore defensively. So was that you that said <clears throat> that you should bring back checking, hand checking, yeah, hand checking, uh, put illegal defense, allow allow illegal defense. So like zone. So yeah. People- like, yeah, but I guess they are allowed to play zone now. But it's uh, you can't. I think it's three seconds in the key. Might okay. be five seconds. Can't remember. It's five or three on defense. But because I don't, I haven't watched this year at all. But yeah, bring that back so guys don't just have a free reign to run to the hoop, and then that wouldn't allow them to also get wide open threes because the defense has to clap. So yeah, I don't see them doing that though because I think they they want to make it so it's more a high paced game and oh, scoring. For sure. I mean, did you guys see the Clippers game? It was 176 to 175. Wow. I mean, that's in, that's insane. It was double but overtime, but still, it, it, that's still, insane that's crazy. Yeah. amount of points. I think 
at regulation, it was like something like both teams had like 130 or something. Yeah, okay. Which is just like, that's a joke. Like yeah. there has, something has to be done. Yeah. I remember my dad used to take me to games um, when I was like nine, 10 years old. We'd go to Lakers and Clippers games. And the big team to watch that was a really interesting back then was the Denver Nuggets. They weren't that great, but they would score like 110 points. And everybody's like, these guys are like... The team to watch because they score so much. And now 110 is the average. Is that when they had a uh, fat lever? I think I think so. Yeah. I think fat lever was bringing the ball up. Yeah. It, yeah. He wasn't so fat bringing that ball up. Um, yeah. Basketball. So you, you may. Oh, I know what I wanted to ask you. Um, for the live betting, do you have like a system that you do or do you have a strategy? Kind, yeah, kind of. So what you what I kind of look for is a good team versus a bad team. And what the score is going to the half. So if like the good team is only up like a couple points, kind of don't touch it unless the line is where you like it. What you really want is like the bad team to be up like eight points with like five or six minutes left. Because then you could usually get that line like almost around, you know, even. So that's the same thing. Oh, sorry. Yeah. And then because, you know, the good team's going to come out most of the time that third quarter and just lay it on them. So I almost get like even money on it if you find the right right uh, time to bet on it. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, it reminds me of Itchy was saying he does the same thing with live games. Like if there's a team that he likes and they're a favorite by like eight points, let's say, and they come out a little flat in the first quarter. And they're down like eight right out of the first. That eight points will drop to like now they're a three point favorite or a two point favorite. And then he like jumps on it early in the game. That's got Yeah, that's basically what my strategy is. But again, then I have to watch the games and, you know, it's a little rough, especially as a Lakers fan. And I'm not really a huge LeBron fan. Like, I don't like I don't like watching him play. I don't think like the way he plays is very aesthetically pleasing. Okay, it's kind of like lower your head and knock people over and go to the hoop and dribble the pound the rock and you know hunt for assists great player maybe the greatest player of all time i personally don't like watching him play well you can watch the lakers now because he's not playing (laughs) for the rest of the year yeah he got hurt did you hear i heard he got hurt but i didn't know it was the rest of the year i think it is i mean they only got like 20 games left okay um and i think it was a serious injury but it might not be I was kind of hoping it was because because uh, not because I, I'm anti-LeBron or anything, but um, I'm in a championship race right now in fantasy basketball, and the other guy has LeBron. Oh, shit. So when he got hurt, I was like, <laughs> um, So, all right. Well, uh, Jake, do you do any sports betting? Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Sports investing, it's different. Okay, all right. Um, well, let's get – we might as well get into um, – what we're here to do today is talk about the UFC. I am not a UFC. Um, I, I don't know anything about the UFC. All the all the information that I've gained from the UFC is just in like the last five days, <laughs> just like cramming for this. But um, but we have some people who love the UFC, so uh, we're going to get into that. Um, the first fight up is well. First of all, do you guys want to go over the last? Uh, UFC 284 you want to go over that fight I mean that was like I heard that that was probably if not the fight that's coming up the Jones fight coming up that last fight was probably the most interesting fight of the year could have been possibly it was definitely controversial people what was controversial about it um uh Matt Kachevkin in the win oh yeah you don't think he should have got the win well 
I I thought it was close. I if for me, I probably would have gave it to Volk. Thought he got two out of the three rounds. Some people argued he got he got four. So, so so they only did three rounds, or did they do five? They did five. Okay, okay. So you thought he got three out of the five rounds? Yeah. Okay. I okay. Did, personally, but it was a close fight, and you had to. We've had rule changes over the years too, so they don't score things the same way they used to. A lot of the, I feel like they're not. They kind of got away from what how they should have scored that fight because when he did get Volkanovski to the ground, he didn't do anything with him at all. The entire time, and actually, there were points in the fight where Volkanovski was punching him in the face, and he and Makachev had his back. It was just weird, like from an optic standpoint. It's like you're in a dominant position, but this guy's doing all the damage. So even if you don't want to say that Volkanovski's, he's obviously losing that position, but Islam's not winning that position either. You know, he has he has a dominant position, but this guy's punching me in the head. So it just kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit. And then I thought the striking was uh, more glaring. I thought Volkanovski did a great job with him. And um, Volkanovski, he was number one going to that fight, right? Yeah, pound for pound. Pound for pound, He was 145-pound champion, right? And this this guy's the 155-pounder. And I heard that he's still the number one, even though he lost to Islam? I would suspect he is. I I think he is. Yeah. There's no reason to knock him off the top. He went up in weight. That's what pound for pound means by definition. Oh, okay. Yeah, I um, I, uh, I thought that might be the controversy is that he lost, but he's still considered the number one pound for pound fighter. Yeah, you can argue it. And that's, that's subjective criteria, though. Yeah, I guess it doesn't really matter. Yeah, it's being pound for pound isn't going to get you any more money or it's, it's not a belt. You know, it's not... You know, it's nothing tangible. It's just like a fake title somebody gives you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you think, Jake? You think who do you think should have won the fight? I was I thought the value was on Volkanovski before the fight because we briefly talked about it, and the uh, it, it was hard. I honestly think that Makachev might have won, but it was really close. I I could have I could have seen him winning three out of the five, uh, but if you look at like what Parrish is bringing up. I don't remember Makachev doing any damage. Like, he took him down. He like Most of his damage was on the feet. Yeah. He like, did better than like, I thought standing up, but he didn't do any, that much damage on the ground. And towards the end of the fight, it really turned around where Volkanovski had him, uh, Makachev, on the ground, and he was just ground and pounding him. Oh, yeah. Like, it was really bad at the end. He, Volkanovski's underrated in the wrestling and grappling department. And they actually had words about that um, before the fight happened because uh, Makachev was uh, pretty much insulting him, saying that because uh, Volkanovski's uh, an Australian national champion in wrestling and Ma- Makachev uh, completely dismissed it. He said, that's like that's like children wrestling in Russia. And it's like, that's a, that's a pretty big thing to say to somebody. And now you got to see what it looked like and... He's obviously not a child, a Russian child when it comes to wrestling. He's really good. Exactly. He couldn't, he couldn't hold him down. And when he did get him down and tried to hold him down, he couldn't do anything. Yeah. I thought I thought Islam's best work was on the feet, personally. I thought he was able to fit shots, and he's a, his striking's not bad. He did better than I thought he would standing up. Yeah. He's a, he, they, compare, they compare him to Khabib a lot. I would say Khabib's a better wrestler, and Makachev's a better striker. Yeah, that makes sense. And the fight was a lot closer than the odds 
suggested. Yeah, it was like plus 300 or 400 for Volkanovski. Which, which means it would be like 75%, 25% odds to win. Yeah. But it was like 50-50 pretty it much. It was right? almost. Yeah. Me and him were talking about it. Like, he always talks about looking for value in picks. I'm like, this is a value pick here. And it was, even yeah. though it lost, but right. it's still the right. Yeah. That's one of your rules is like, even if a bet loses, as long as you're on the right side. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So some people thought Volkanovski won. You said you did. And- I did. I, I watched it twice and I pretty much stand behind it. I, yeah. I thought it was 3-2 the first time I watched it. The second time I watched it, my one buddy was kind of like gabbing in my ear the whole time because he thought he had it 4-1 and I, I, he was almost trying to get me there, but it I don't think so. It was, some, it was a lot closer than that. Yeah, so really good value on that one if you took Volk. But Do you guys think that there's going to be a rematch? I suspect there will be, but not right away. I don't think they're, for whatever reason, I don't think they're going to hold the division up. That's what I've been hearing is that they don't want to hold the division up. It's yeah. not fair for everybody else that has to wait around for them. It's not good to have them. It's not, that double champ stuff is not good for everybody else at all because one guy can't. Go he can't. He forth. can't serve his two weight classes like that. He's going to be a dead man, you know. Because think about that. If you're doing most champions, only fight twice a year, so that means that weight class is only getting one championship fight a year. If he ups it and say he does three, that means one of the weight classes isn't going to get as much of a look. That now you're almost um, devaluing that weight class, right? Mm-hmm. It's there's no good way to do that. They, I, mean, I shouldn't say they shouldn't let him do it, but they should. Let him get it, become double champ, and then now you have to pick one. Yeah, I right. You. you have to forfeit one of those belts now. So what does that mean, double champ? I don't. I don't it's like when you're like a, a champion of two weight classes. Oh, I see. Okay, that's what that okay. fight was for because he was one forty five pound champ, and then he fought Islam for the fifty five pound title. Okay, but um, Islam can never uh, became a one forty five pound champion because the fight was scheduled at one fifty five. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So yeah. Um, Volkanovski was the only one that could have been. The double. Who do you think is going to fight Islam next? Is there somebody that's... That's a good question. I mean, that's not... Is there something that is on... Did they, like, allude to anything? Or... Who do you... uh, Let me say this. Who do you think can beat Islam? Is there anybody that you guys can think that could beat Islam? I don't know, Parrish? Other other than um, Volkanovski? I think there's there's a lot of style... A lot of bad stylistic matchups for him. And I, this sounds kind of crazy, but if you can get the the Connor that fought Khabib would be a nightmare for him because Khabib's uh, a lot better, not a lot better wrestler in Islam, but he's he's not as refined as Khabib in wrestling somebody to the ground. He's not, and I don't think he's going to really stick on the takedowns. If you watch the Connor Khabib fight, Khabib struggled getting Connor to the ground the first round, really bad. And if you keep a little bit more distance with those long arms, Connor has an, an the ability to do it, but He's been so inactive, and this guy's been fighting the whole time, you know? That being said, I don't even know if Connor's going to be going back to 175, uh, uh, 155, so that might not be a... I probably should have left that alone. Connor has a fight coming up, right? I think it's at 170, though. Against oh, Michael okay. Chandler. Oh, okay. It's at, it, it's at 170, though, isn't it? I'm not sure the weight class. Is that the 286 or 287? It's we'll coming up like in a month. Right now. Um, oh. um, He's going to get the... It's that Benel, the Darius, that's going to be... Uh, that's going to be the next fight. I'm pretty sure. And that's going to be like in four months or something like that, maybe four four to six months. Not exactly. What do you think? What do you think would happen in that? I think Islam should win that fight because that other guy's a wrestler. That's and just kind of like a 
a buffer fight, like a bounce off fight from the big fight. I think they're just trying to. People have people are in line to get title shots, like so you just, said. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, no, just, no, 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 no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, but getting this guy out of the way, get this guy cleared out. You know, it's like you, you've earned your shot. Fine, let's make this happen. Huh. They'll probably put together like a a medium sized card for it, but just kind of push it along, get him ready for whatever is coming up that's going to be bigger. They probably would do all right with him uh, rematching Oliveira, even though he kind of flatlined him the first time. He kind of just ran him over. But you put that fight in Brazil, money-wise, you know, pay-per-view sales, that's that's how the UFC thinks. You know? That sounds like something that will happen. Yeah. I don't know if this the Dariush fight is going to be some... I think they're just trying to get him out of the way. Okay. You know? But well, anything fight. can happen. He's a tough guy. You can't overlook that, dude. All right. Well, yeah, that was... Um so let me ask you this: What do you think? What do you think is going to end up being the better fight, the last fight that we just talked about, or the Jones fight coming up? What's going to be the more exciting fight? Well, I would. This is a bit of my personal bias, but I think smaller guys are more exciting to watch than bigger guys. They have more energy. They're generally better tacticians as well. They're better. At they have less body weight to move around, so they're going to be faster. They're not going to be probably as strong, obviously, but everything else they're going to have in spades a lot better, usually. I prefer watching the smaller guys. I would suspect you would get a better fight out of smaller guys just from an energy level, but this is a great fight uh, stylistically on paper. It really is, because Jones is more of a prototype wrestler. Well, I shouldn't say that. He's He has extreme wrestling ability, and he's become a really good striker, versus Cyril Gaon is an elite striker. All right. Well, we'll talk a little bit more about that later. Just a little taste before we get into it. <laughs> but um, the first fight coming up before that, there's um, on the main card is Bo Nickel. That's his first fight in the UFC. Um, he is going up against Jamie Pickett. Is this a situation where a star is going to be born? No. This is like a. This is. I don't even know what you call it. This is like pretty much buying tickets to a murder. <laughs> so it's a good this, way of putting it. This is guy. This guy's gonna, in my opinion, this guy's gonna kill this dude. So it's it, almost like Bo Nickel. It's 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 so much gonna be a murdering that we can't see what he really is because he's, he's not, gonna. Well, I don't think this guy gets out of the first round. I really don't. What is that? Do you have a bet on that? They have a Bo Nickel at minus two seventy five for first round win, and it's minus two seventy five. Oh my. He's just uh, round two is plus three seventy five, round three is plus twelve hundred. So For it's ja- gonna Jamie Pickett is uh, plus twenty five hundred for the first round. So yeah, what a um, it, it, does it have a time on the first round? Does it have like an? Let me over- check. Does it, does it, I think it's just the first round, end of the first round. I can imagine that. I know as we get closer to Saturday, I bet you we can find a bet that it would have like um, at a certain time in the first round where it's minus 110. There's maybe, got to... Maybe five dimes or something. They have really good They have really good sports bet. I'm um, not sports betting on a fight. Uh, where where would you put that at? Where what? T- so it's a five minute round, right? So where would you put it at? Would you put it at two minutes, 30 seconds? Or would it be even shorter? It might be shorter, man. The, honestly, he might just go in there and blast this guy and make a statement. So it the over-under could be like 45 seconds. It'd be interesting to see what if we can guess, if we can like pin that, it down. That might be a little extreme, but I'd be surprised if it goes past 
if this guy gets past three minutes in the fight, I think he actually did a good job because this dude's going to wrestle him, like like pressure wrestle him. And the, they did this fight. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with this guy. His name's Gordon Ryan. He's like the world jiu-jitsu champion. Bo Nickel did a grappling match with this guy. And it took Gordon Ryan around like 18 minutes to finally submit him to the ground, to submit him. Oh, and wow. And Bo Nickel actually picked him up and threw him on his freaking neck once too. So wow. Like, this guy's no joke. He's going to be freaking trouble. So the star is born moment is going to be later on when he fights somebody more his level. I think this is a coming out party for yeah. lack of a better term, but this is not like a, this is not it. He's going to have to take somebody out that matters. Okay. Yeah. I think this is his fourth. Is this only his fourth professional fight? I've never seen him fight in the UFC. Have you? Uh, he's three, he's three and oh, and uh, like a, a different league, yeah. So yeah. it is his fourth fight, his fourth fight, okay. First in UFC, yeah. All right, so that one, I mean, we'll just breeze right over that one because that one sounds like it's uh, not even, not even worth going over. But the next match is one of the closer ones in the main card. It's Gamrot against Turner, it's a lightweight fight. Um, Gamrot is stepping up on short notice. I think he just, he had two weeks to prepare for this fight. Is that going to hurt him or help him? Um, you would think it's going to hurt him. I don't know how, I don't know what kind of shape he's in, but it's just going to give you less time to cut weight. Um, he's obviously not going to be working on skills for the camp. Jalen Turner's been working on skills the whole time. Then he has to cut weight. So this guy's going to have what they call a fat camp. He's just going to go in, cut the weight. And just show up on fight night and see if he can get it done. The good thing for this guy is is that he's an elite wrestler. And a lot of the skills that he has don't really need to be trained already. He's been doing it for so long. So I think that's why he was confident in doing it. But I like this fight for Jalen Turner. I really do. I think uh, the whole on this whole card, I think he, he can handle this. He's a, extremely tall. He's really long. And he's underrated on the ground as well. And this is where this guy is going to want to put him. But he's thought of as a striker, Turner, he, right? Yeah, but he's a he's a legit brown belt in jiu-jitsu on the ground. His wrestling's even get his defensive wrestling's even getting better. He'll lock you up in guillotines when you go if you take a bad shot on him, he'll lock up a guillotine on you. He can do he's almost becoming really complete. He almost reminds me of John Jones in some ways, but better hands. Oh wow. So if there's an underdog to look at on the main card, this is it. Yeah, well, I'm sorry. I take that back. He does. He reminds me of John Jones in regards to like his build and his in his style and like kind of his striking style. He's not a wrestler like John Jones at all. Okay, but like they're kind of built the same, and they, he kind of wants to strike like like him. John Jones is more kick heavy. He's more hand heavy. Okay, yeah. I, I watched an interview with Gamrot, and he said that he thinks that he matches up well against him. Maybe just because he knows he's superior on the ground against him and that's probably what gives a hint on what he's going to do yeah and he's had um jalen turner's had some um some step backs in the past with um a lot of people considered him chinny he had a lot of stoppages people like pretty much punching in the head and you, your legs do the wobble you know and you don't recover so a lot of times people would say that you have a bad chin you know because you can't eat a shot he's kind of remedied that over these past fights he, nobody's really hitting him clean his defense is a lot uh more crisp than it was now than in the past so even if his chin isn't it hasn't you know you can't really put muscle on your chin right so there's not a lot you can do that but you can defend it and he's done that so he's a smart guy I like this fight for him and he's the underdog in it so it might be something for uh, your listeners to consider he is coming off an injury though I think and he hasn't fought in since 
uh, July, I think maybe. Yeah, yeah July or something like that. 2022. Is that going to be an issue at all? You think? Uh, I don't know what the injury was though. I don't know either. We could look it up. Um, yeah, he's definitely had a long time off to heal it though. So that's okay. Maybe that's why he's been off since that long. I would suspect it's not going to affect him if he's been on. He's probably recouped it fine. Do you have a pick on this? I know the the first one we didn't go over all of our picks for uh, Bo Nickel, but I'm assuming we all picked Bo Nickel. I'm taking I Bo Nickel. A- I'm taking Jalen Turner in this fight. You're doing I, Turner I, in this fight. This is the underdog I for I you. I've seen him fight it. I I told you this before. I've seen it. He comes into my gyms from time to time, and he trains at the at the private Ruka gym uh, across the road. And I you see I see him in there uh, working with uh, one of my old coaches before, and he is good. He is okay. good. He has it where it counts, and there's he is intangibles that some of these other guys just are not going to be able to deal with. If he really gets his mind right, like how are you going to deal with the six foot three guy? You know, with what's his reach? With a re- his reach is like eighty, way more than the other guy. Yeah, yeah, six and a half inch. It's freaking insane. Advantage. Yeah, it's uh, it's bad shit crazy. This guy's not can't even have to lift his leg up very high to kick you in the head. Like yeah. the advantage and people have to squat a little bit when they want to punch. So they're lowering their level and he just the whole thing is just going to it's going to his favor much easier than a lot of people realize. That's interesting. You're kind of um, I'm, I want I was going to go with Gamera. I'm still going to stick by it. But That's you're, fine. you almost got me convinced. <laughs> That's you, have a, you have a you have the info. So uh, he had a torn tricep. Torn tricep. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's not as bad as a bicep at least. Okay. Yeah. Bicep be a lot and, worse. And, and he had nine months, maybe eight months. So, I mean, it was probably healed in the first month and then he's fine. Jake, did you have something? Or who do you think is going to win this fight? Fuck. You're the tiebreaker. Uh, man, that's really hard. I had it going either way. Uh, I could see Gamrot winning by decision. Uh, 86% of his fights go to decision is that right yeah and he's 21 and 2 he doesn't knock out a lot of people he's more of like a win by, win by decision or um submission um i think he lost his last fight too if i'm not mistaken gamrot gamrot i don't i think he's on a good streak i'll look it up right now oh is he okay maybe he is on a streak oh he did he, he lost to the darush guy oh well there you go that yeah, guy's, that, guy's a a that guy's ranked number three Right. Is he okay? That's the guy we're just talking about. That's yeah, gonna that's get the, the title okay. shot. So. Oh, that guy's okay. a good fighter too. Like wrestling wise, like Darius is a really good fighter. That's not really a bad. Um, that's not a bad loss. Not really. Okay, I, I could see Gamrot winning by decision. That's plus two fifty, or Turner by Gamrot knock- winning by decision is plus two fifty. Yeah, that's a good bet. That's yeah. a value bet. Or right there. Turner winning by knockout plus four hundred. Like I would look at those two. That's great. What's it by submission? Just curious, uh, Turner. Yeah, because that guy goes for a lot of shots, and you're going to lower your head like that. You're going to put yourself in the chokes. Um, Turner, let's see. Winning method. <coughs> you, are, you're asking if... You're asking if um, Turner is going to win by submission? So Gamrock goes for a lot of shots, and then you're... Turner by submission, plus 900. Wow, interesting. That might be a, That might be the value bet. If somebody really wanted to do it, wouldn't yeah, he normally he, win off a strike though? On, uh, keep staying up. Yeah, I mean that's if the guys let him do it. But if you rush him, you like if you if we're striking and and then you go and like hug me, I can't strike you anymore. Right now, I have to wrestle you. And we have to go to jujitsu. A lot of these guys when they want to do like a double leg takedown, they have to lower their level. 
They have to lie. If you can like shy, you can like shove their head to the side. Now you put them in a guillotine choke. There's just wrestlers are really good at like not having this happen to them. But when you're dealing with a guy this tall, it's a different animal. When he goes to stand up with his arm underneath your neck like that, his leverage is going to be completely different because he's like three to four inches taller than you already. Hmm. Actually, probably way more than that. He's like, he's probably like five inches taller than this guy. The last guy he fought before this was only five, seven. It's not good. You know, yeah. five, seven versus six, three, like just, you know, something bad's going to happen to the <laughs> smaller guy. Usually it sounds like there's a lot of good value in this fight. You could just go with the underdog. You could go with some of these value plays that you mentioned, Jake. You find any other ones? Um, those are the two that stood out for me for this specific fight. I, I just feel like uh, Gamrot is not going to be able to stand up with Turner, in my opinion. I feel like right from the get-go, he's going to shoot and try to take him down. And if Turner could keep the fight standing, he has a great chance, in my opinion. All right. So you're going with Gamrot. Uh, I'm, I'm holding you. If I had to guy. choose, I go Gamrot by decision plus two fifty. Okay, I'm rooting oh, for. Turner, you just though. have to pick a guy. Yeah. You yeah. don't have to pick a plus two fifty, but if you're, you should throw well, that out there because I'm looking for the value. I look okay. through each different way to win, and uh, Gamrot's minus two hundred five if you take him straight up, and eighty six percent of his wow. fights go to decision. So that's not a bad. That's not a bad way to look at it, Jake. That's a yeah. yeah. That's a great analysis. I mean, I'm almost like I actually like your for my I, li- phone I like your bet. I like your bet um, for that is, and I like I like mine too as well. Just straight up Jalen Turner. Then I like that is that's, that's pretty plus four hundred for Turner if you take him straight up. No, not no. straight up. No, it's not. It's like for, it's, for knockout. Sorry, plus one seventy knockout. But a knockout. If you think it, oh, if yeah. he's gonna win, I mean, if he's gonna win and it doesn't come to a decision. I think it would be a knockout just because he's known for that, known for striking. He's a hell of a striker. He's got the distance or uh, the reach, and I don't know. I if he wins, I feel like yeah, it's going to be. He a has knockout. four submissions on his record out of thirteen. Oh, out of thirteen wins, he's not. He's. I'm telling you, he's a brown belt. He knows what he's doing. But to your point, he he usually gets it done with the hands. Okay, that's it. Because he's tall, he's long. It's just how he wants to do it. And it makes sense. But if you're looking for value, the other one's plus 400. That's a lot more value than... That's true. Yeah. There's a lot of... Good, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot of good... I mean, you got to pick which one. You can't do all of them. But you got to pick one, and there's a value bet somewhere in there. I bet you we hit one of them. I think we said three or four. Yeah. It's going to be one of those. I hope so. <laughs> also, uh, Jalen Turner has a 77% takedown defense, so... Hopefully he can keep the fight standing. I'm rooting for him. Yeah, that's pretty good. So it sounds like you're going. I'm the only one going Gamrot. You guys I, I are going still took Gamrot decision. Oh, oh, okay, decision with the decision. That's right. All right. Well, let's move on to the next one. This one's a, a heavy favorite. Um, it's Neil versus Rachmanov. Rachmanov. Like I said, don't know much about MMA, so please excuse the uh, the last names. Uh, but uh, I think this one is uh, a pretty hands-down Rachmanov. But um, I heard that um, Shavrat or Shavkat hasn't fought anybody in significance. So is that going to hurt him? Is this his, is this his first fight that there's like a chance something could happen? Um, yeah, I mean, this guy's ranked number seven, right? So he's he's stepping up. I think the bigger problem here is going to be the striking ability. There's a, there's a clear difference here. 
in um in the striking games. Okay, so it's it's. I was gonna ask: Is this fight? I think uh, Rachmanov is minus four fifty. Does that sound right? Yes. Does that still hold up? Yes. Um, is this fight closer than that, or is that pretty true? I would say that's probably around. It might be a little bit closer, but maybe if you want to say like around minus three hundred, minus three fifty. But like, it's not. It's by no means like a, a minus two hundred or something like that. You know? Okay. Like it's, this guy's gonna. This guy's gonna get it. I'm pretty sure. And if I recall correctly, give me one second. Is there any interesting thing about this fight, Jake? What do you think? Yeah, I think Jeff Neal is. I, I feel like. Oh yeah, I forgot about. Fairly that. underrated. He just uh, he beat Vicente. Yeah, that was huge. That's right. Vicente Luca. <laughs> but um, he has a loss to Neil Magny, and that makes you scratch your head. And Shavkat beat beat Magny. So, how how long ago was that? His loss. To Magni. Oh, May, the great thing about May 2021. It's been it's been a while. Not too long though. The great thing about this fight is like we're brainstorming. We're like figuring out it as in real time. Exactly. You kind of get a behind the scenes on like how we come up with bets. For sure. You know, we're we're like uh, we we have you you guys have the information coming in, but then we're also like brainstorming as we go. I don't know, it gets me excited. <laughs> I'm just even more excited about these fights coming up. Yeah. Um, he also has a loss to to Stephen Thompson, which is I know he's not a kickboxer, but he's an elite he's an elite karate guy. Which is there's a lot of that's a lot like kickboxing. He, this might be all wrong for him. Yeah, it sounds like this this one's uh, minus four fifty and. Is there any, do you guys see any bets that could be anything significant for this one? Or is this just a pass? And it's okay. I mean, it sounds like we've got some bets already. But um, I'm hoping this is a closer fight than the odds. Uh, just from a fan perspective. Yeah. Neil's got some heavy hands. And I don't, like you said, Shavkat, I if you look at all of his opponents... I don't know most of them, but he's only he only has four fights in UFC. Right, and he's obviously sixteen and zero. Was he from Dagestan or whatever? Those guys, Kazakhstan. Kazakhstan. My bad. Yeah, those guys are all tough. Everyone that comes from there, I think. Oh yeah, he and, looks like a tough guy. I watched an interview with him, and I just the fir- my first instinct was don't fuck with that guy. <laughs> He's very he's probably stoic. Probably gets the minus four fifty. <laughs> he's very stoic too. He literally could be in a fight, and you can't. He has no facial expression whatsoever. Very composed. All right, let's move on to the next one. Um, this one's probably going to get the same enthusiasm. I'm going to guess uh, Valentina Shevchenko, heavy favorite against Alexa Grasso. Alexa Grasso is four and zero when she moved to this weight cap class, I believe. Um, I can't remember what the weight class is, but flyweight, flyweight, um, Shevchenko has defended her title seven times in a row. Is there, I mean, is this hands down that we know what's going to happen on this one? No, I think this is going to be a really good fight. You think so? Okay. So there's some value in this one. This girl has outstrikes her in, um, volume. If you look at the punch stats or I shouldn't say the striking stats, she, she's throwing around. Over 100 strikes more a fight than Valentina. Oh, wow. It's, she's it, aggressive. Yes, and she's very heavy in striking. I actually think Valentina is going to try to put her on the floor. Okay. And, wow. She doesn't normally do that, though, right? She can. and she do, She's done it. 
She okay. can do it. She's she's a really good grappler. I just think this girl might this girl might give her a little bit more problems than she likes. And why why deal with somebody in an area that's giving you problems when you can put them somewhere else where they don't you know they can't compete with you. And Grasso is at. What is she at? Like plus four fifty? I think plus five thirty. Yeah, plus five thirty. I kind of like it a little bit just to take like a shot in the dark, just because she's her jujitsu is pretty good. Well, I shouldn't say pretty good, but um, she's getting a lot better at it, and they've been really drilling it. She's, I don't think I think Valentina can take her down, but she's gonna have a hard time holding her down. And she gets back up to the feet, and she gets back into that the way how she strikes and all that all that volume. I don't know. She could up. She could upset her. I think, and this is another, this is just my personal opinion as well. She's getting older. She's she's 34 years old. Um, she's in a small, in the smaller weight classes, smaller people wear out faster than uh, bigger guys. Once you lose your speed, it's almost, it's almost over in a lot of, in a lot of aspects. She has 26 fights. She has a lot of miles on there. There's a, there's a, three to four girls coming up. If this girl doesn't do it, some, one of these other girls is going to get her pretty soon, I think. How old is Grasso? She's got to be in her 20s, right? Yeah. Which is 29. 29. Okay, so she's got like five years on her. And has Grasso fought anybody significant? Or is she pretty much... This is the, this is the big one. I would think that they yeah, would give fought, her... She fought. She has a loss to Carla, Carla Esparza where she got wrestled to death. But that was a different weight class, right? I think that was a different weight class. I think you're right. I think with this weight class, she... Macy Barber's okay. She beat Macy Barber. Um... So she's fought. She... I, I was just thinking maybe there's been little steps to this, and then all of a sudden they're just giving give her a title fight. Maybe it's like too much for her, and that's maybe where the line comes in. Why that line is so because the experience, but I was watching some videos of her, and I feel like mentally she could take a title fight. What do you What do you think, Parrish? Yeah, she looks she looks like she knows what she's doing for sure. Okay, she, like um, I think she's missing. I th- she's missing a couple things like the defensive wrestling needs to be so she can stay on her feet and land that volume. If somebody throws you on your back, you have to work on getting back up. It just wears you out, and it kind of. It screws up the optics of how like people perceive how you're fighting, you know. So it needs to stay on the feet, needs to keep the volume up, and I think she'll do really well. And I she I give her a chance in this fight, I really do. It'll be interesting. I mean, if you just give her a chance and she's at plus five hundred, that seems to be great value right there. I would I would think so. I think I'm actually going to bet that. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I'm going. I to- love I love this podcast because someone always talks himself into a bet. It's usually me. <laughs> it's usually me. Yeah. But um, I mean, you've talked me into like three bets already. Oh, but I was think I was thinking about that before um I was driving over here because I was thinking about that like man like she's really not that bad. Kind of back to what you guys were saying. It's like yeah, she might lose, but is she gonna get her ass kicked? You know, and it's like in those kind of odds kind of make you think like she's going to get her ass kicked. I just don't see that. You yeah. Know? So it's interesting. It must be, I think the odds must be that she just hasn't had this type of fight yet. They haven't given it to her yet. Mm-hmm. And this is her, I mean, they're just, I think she went up maybe one step more than, I, 
there was another step in there that they could have gave her and she just like level jumped and maybe that's why the odds are kind of like wonky because the odds are based off of computer models and so the model is like looking at like they don't have the human element you know sure. you know so maybe there's a little human element in there that that's missing the break even for grasso is 16 percent Okay, yeah. So, so they 16, think she has so a they, 16% chance of winning. And it's got to be like, you guys are saying maybe like there's a 25% chance that she wins. You would wins. think that seems realistic. I do. I, mm, I'm not saying she's going to win it, but if you're if you're going to take a calculated risk, I, I kind of like that one because your payout's pretty good. Yeah, exactly. Just like the Volkanovski, we didn't think he was going to win, but the value is there. Yeah, there, I'll be honest. There's a piece of me in the back of my mind kind of thought, he was gonna win that fight just because he's so he's so good and he's so polished and if you watch mm-hmm. him each fight he gets better and better and better and yeah. just, his striking he's a wrestler and look at his striking now yeah he's so good it's weird like how do you get that good at it he's shifting back and forth he almost he's almost like Dominic Cruz without without hopping around because he goes in between Southpaw and Orthodox and he cuts the angles down so guys can't throw it back at him he's smart yeah. I guess that's why he's number one, or considered the number one. I agree. Yeah, he's good. Well, let's go on to the number one fighter of all time, possibly. Uh, John Jones. He is going up against Cyril Gunn. All right, I, I don't even know where to begin on this one. Um, <laughs> uh, what do you got? What do you think, Parrish? What's the, on the topic? What's the first thing that comes to your mind when you look at this fight? Uh. I think it's a. I love it. Uh, I love the stylistic matchup of it because you have a guy that's. I hate to say that John Jones is a wrestler because he does everything so well, but you have a guy that's more geared, more geared in the grappling department. You know, he has more of his accolades in the grappling department, and then you have Cyril Gon who has all of his accolades pretty much in striking. So you already have like the the counter polar opposites a little bit of each other. That being said, I'm, I, I don't want to um, downgrade Judge Jones at striking because he's actually pretty good at it. But it's just it's a different type. It's not a professional like a kickboxer. He doesn't fight like that. He has more of a kind of like almost like a TKD, um, like um, not a TKD, um, like a karate. It's like a, a hybrid karate style. Like he's mixing Muay Thai and karate. He uses a lot of like direct direct shots, you know, versus kickboxers are using more like looping shots and techniques you know to get back on on balance he's he's using like knee strikes like stuff that you do that that people don't do in kickboxing you know he's like kicking you like dead into the thigh to extend your knee backwards or he's doing those um he's doing those finger rakes like down you ever see how he gets those eye pokes he actually is doing that to blind you so he can throw a body shot he comes up he hits you with the hand and then he comes underneath. He's very unorthodox. Like oh, yeah. the things, it's like you don't train for those sort of things. I mean, you for can de- defense. I mean. You can, but he, I think the problem is, is that he's he's been in the game so long now. He's taking dirty tactics from so many other arts that people don't fight in the. So like he's he uses a shit ton of dirty boxing in his fights. None of these MMA guys have ever really boxed before. So that means he has a boxing trainer on board that's showing him like all the little tiny dirty shit that he can get away with. Then you go into like, say like um, jujitsu. What does he do? He does jujitsu, but then he hires a catch wrestler to, to help him train. So now he's he's learning like just just different ways how to do holds that are actually like more painful. 
You know, so like you can almost like hurt somebody before they can tap. You know, so he's just doing these little things that make him really dangerous, you know, and I don't like, I wouldn't want to fight him. And even if I was a big guy like Cyril Gaon, I wouldn't want to deal with that just because he is so, he's so well-rounded and if something doesn't work for him, he has so many things in his tool bag to go back to. Man, you touched on so many things on there. You kind of hit on everything that I wanted to go over, like <laughs> the dirtiness, his age. Um, there was a couple other things in there. I, let's stick. With, let's go with age first. Is that a factor at all? It's less of a factor because he. Back to what we we're talking about earlier with uh, Shevchenko and how she's she's a smaller girl, right? And she's getting older and losing her speed. Bigger guys don't have to worry about that as much. And I think Sarah Gaon is only three years younger. He's not. It's not a big age gap like the um, Shevchenko. I think is like thirty-five and twenty-nine. I think Jones is thirty-five and thirty-two. Hmm. So it's not like a giant age gap. So that's probably. But what about? I mean, the big thing to talk about is Jones hasn't fought in over two years. Yeah, that's is that going to be? That's the biggest. That's the biggest um, problem for him. It's going to be ring rust, and uh, hopefully, there's actually a couple of factors. Like he's never fought, he's never fought in at this weight before. At heavyweight, I mean, he's going up to heavyweight, right? Yeah, I mean, what's, so he's at two hundred five. Let's just say he rehydrates on fight night to anywhere from like two fifteen to two twenty, right? So he's operated around two fifteen to two twenty. He's at one point I read in a training camp he was walking around two sixty seven. So he'll probably be around anywhere from 255 to 250 on fight night. That's 30 more pounds than he's ever fought at. That's, that's a lot of weight. He has skinny legs yeah, too. So you kind of wonder, like, are you going to carry that around well? Like as the fight goes on, you never fought five rounds. What if you don't get this guy out of there quick? And you have to carry this big guy around for five rounds. Like there's a lot of... There's a lot of questions to be asked. There is. It seems like there's... If, you, if it was one thing, like age... The dirty factor, he hasn't fought in two years. He's going up in weight class. If it was just like one of those, you would be like, okay, he can handle it. But you like you stack all of those on there, it all of a sudden becomes like a fight. And I think that's why the odds are so close. Yeah. Well, and the only honestly, if it wasn't John Jones though, the odds wouldn't be close. Anybody else come with all those things that you just mentioned? They'd be in a massive deficiency by consideration, by, by example. Oh, yeah. What am I saying? By right consideration. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, the problem is, is that this guy is what Jake said. He might be the best ever to do it. So you don't treat him as you do everybody else. Right. That, that's He's, the thing. Yeah. So maybe two years ring rest doesn't mean anything to him. Right. Cause he, he's so dialed in in his mind. I was watching some of the interviews he was saying, and it's just like, this guy, if this guy wasn't in fighting, he'd be murdering people. He'd be like a serial killer on the street. He's like just completely dead in the eyes and just like completely objective of what he needs to do. That's the most dangerous person to deal with. Absolutely. Yeah. I think he would be a... He is a psychopath probably. A sociopath. Don't tell him I said yeah. it. Though. I'm not going to tell him I said it. <laughs> um, I, I uh, saw in an interview, Sarah Gaughan said that he is lazy. I don't know if you saw that, Jake. Yeah, yeah. Is that um, y- you think that that's a mind game? I I don't think that. Or is it true? He, I, he's probably being somewhat accurate. He probably just trains when he hears about the fight. He seems like he's a natural athlete in great shape. He has a Muay Thai background before UFC, and he was thirteen and zero in Muay Thai, and now he's eleven and one in UFC. Wow, the guy's for real. He's, he's coming off the loss. Is that one loss? It was against Naganu. 
Yeah, right. and and I mean that's that's a respectable loss. Yeah, right? and it was really close. So okay, yeah, it came it down was. I think to a takedown maybe. In the it did. That's late. exactly. He lost again the optics of the fight. He ended up getting taken down, mm-hmm. and if you get something close, like what do you go back to? Your hands? Ah, you put you put you on the floor. Exactly. He does also have. I think he's coming off hand surgery too. Is okay. that going to be? That could be an issue. Okay. It, How long ago was it? I think it was within the last nine months. He will be fine. He's going to be fine. Okay. Yeah. If it's been that long. <clears throat> I wonder what they did to it. it could, his hand could be stronger. I think he did it to himself. Like he landed the punch. Oh, and no. Broke I, mean, his I, hand. I wonder. Um, I wonder. Oh, oh, I wonder what kind of break it was. Because some of those hand hand injuries, if they start pinning your carpals together, you're going to punch harder after that. Oh, so it actually could, might help. It might. Um, Interesting. You know who? Uh, you know who the boxer Mickey Ward was? Do you remember Mickey Ward? You know, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He broke his um, left wrist, right? And they took a bone out of his leg and they fused his carpals together across. So, like you know, like these bones across here, they fused. They put a bone. They fused it together after he broke his hand. He, he said after he did that, he can punch through a brick wall. That's insane. You got a stat, Chris? So, uh, it's saying around September 7th, he had the surgery. September 7th, six months ago. Okay. But like you said, like if, if it was all done correctly, he might, it just he might depend, help him out. It, it just <laughs> depends what um, depends what they what he broke. If they had to really pin the whole hand together, it, it's, I don't know, man. Like some of those guys have like rods in their hands. So think about that. That's extra weight in your hand now. It's yeah. When you go to punch somebody, that your hand's heavier. No, I broke my thumb. I don't know if you guys can see the thumb on top. Yeah. It's a lot bigger right there. Yep. And I broke my thumb and then the bone just formed over it. And now this thumb is insanely strong. Like I could do things with this, with this thumb that I can't do with this thumb wow. because like the bone like formed over it. Wow. Okay. I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, that's just a natural thing. Yeah. Can you fact check me on that, Chris? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I broke my this finger, and I can't bend it all the way, but like, I feel like it's a little stronger, too. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> See, I'm not talking out of my ass. Um, anything else that like comes up on the top of your head about this fight? I mean, we there's so much about... The, the crazy thing is it's like possibly the best fighter of all time and then Ciro Gon is like a really fun fighter to watch and he he can he can win this fight possibly and then you factor in all those things that we talked about like all like the time off the age the dirtiness that could come into play at any time um Ciro Gon getting injured but that could help him there's like so there's a storyline it wouldn't really help you I'm just saying it it's just it's kind of weird to say that like oh I broke my hand and this now I'm almost, I'm better now. It's like no. Ed, my point is is that it could in some ways if if he really hurt it in you know if he really hurt they will graft bones onto your hand to make it stronger. In that case, yes, it could be stronger, but it would be it'd be unlikely. You know, yeah, you, yeah, you, yeah. you have to break it a certain way. You know, for I'm that just to saying work it out. adds to the storyline. Yeah, yeah, it I makes guess. it interesting. You know, yeah. And the storyline before going into this is like so interesting. I mean, what more could there be on this fight? It's, it's so exciting. That video that you sent, Jake, where it's kind of like – it's weird. They they put all that production into a documentary of a pregame. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the game – the fight hasn't even started yet and they put all that – it's like a 45-minute doc. I watched the whole thing and I was yeah, like – Yeah, it was really good. Out. I was going to start texting you guys like, let's do this podcast <laughs> right now. Um, what do you? What's your favorite thing about the fight, Jake? Oh, man. I'm a huge John Jones fan. He's uh... – I don't know. 
almost like the Kobe Bryant of UFC for me because I've, I've been following him for a long time. 26-1. and one, uh, This is going to be potentially one of his toughest fights, in my opinion. Uh, if you look at the John Jones' uh, recent fights, he's had some really close ones. And, and then now he's going up in weight. He's taken, I think, close to three years off. And honestly, I'm rooting for him. I, I see so many ways he can win this. But if Cyril Gaon can keep the fight standing, I think Gaon has a legit chance too. Um, I'm hoping John's, uh, Jones can take him down. He's also got a, a three-and-a-half-inch reach advantage, surprisingly. And, uh, I'm surprised uh, that's it. Cyril Gaon has long arms then because John Jones... Well, I'm saying Jones has a... A reach advantage. I, well, yeah. well, all I'm telling you is that yeah. Cyril Gaon must have really long arms then because yeah. he must have like 80-inch arms. What's the it's height? What's 81, the height on that, Jay? 81. It's insane. He has long arms too. Dude, that's crazy. Oh, they're both 6'4". Yeah, 6'4". I think one of the bigger problems that just to, if we want to give uh, Gaon a chance, I think one of the better things he can do is um, he's really bouncy and he uses movement really well. So that will really hurt Jones from getting in on him and trying to wrestle him to the floor because he's going to be bouncing in and out. So there's just going to be more space that needs to be covered. Or he's got to, he's got to set up punches to get in to the wrestling. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And yeah. that, could, that could be a hard thing to do with a guy that's bouncing around, especially in the earlier parts of the fight when the guy has a lot of energy. So now... Jones needs to think about ways how to keep this guy a little bit less mobile. And the best, a good way to do that, like in boxing, they tell you, punch him in the body. You start, punch, you just start tearing up the liver, start going to the solar plexus, get him to, because you punch the body hard enough, you'll, you'll start taking their legs. I think that will be his attack. If I'll serial gone, I would go after calf kicks to the legs, to the yeah. calf. Yes. I would go after those little tiny calves and I would, because he doesn't have a lot of muscle there. If you start inflaming those areas, like he, you can shut the leg down pretty quick. And he's a good kicker. That would be his key to victory, in my opinion. Yeah, he's got Jones has bird legs, so that'd be a great attack for gone. Like you said, like he he's kind of going up into heavyweight. He's kind of top heavy now with those littler legs. I think so he's go- big on the. Th- I don't think his thighs are small, but those calves are not very big. And I don't think he's. I don't think his legs are weak. But he doesn't have a lot of mass there. So if somebody just kicks you there, like, there's no muscle here. You know, these are all tendons and just stuff that pretty much control your foot. If you take too much damage there, your your leg shuts down. I wonder if there's a prop bet for that. I mean, that's obscure. Gone by, gone, gone uh, TKO by leg kicks. (laughs) TKO by uh, calf takedown. Calf kick? Yeah. It could happen. Honestly, I think that's his best avenue to win because he's... People are saying that like he's he's like a good jujitsu guy and he has a good leg lock game. Like he doesn't have shit on John Jones once it hits the ground. That'd be a major mistake. You keep this on the feet. Yeah. Do what you you're an elite striker. Do that. Do not mess with this guy on the floor. Would not be a good idea. Do you think there's a chance that Jones can take him down? Yeah, big time. Okay. I think they're I think they're planning it and they're gonna do it. I think they're gonna surprise him off of the striking. So. I've already saw a clip of it, and I know I already know this is what they're planning. They're, when Serial Gone goes to kick to the body, they're gonna do these Muay Thai traps where you trap the leg, you kick, and then you kick the leg out from under him. So he's they're looking sweeps. for that then. 
Well, I'm not not just looking for that, but that's going to be their that's going to be one of their um, how do you say it? Their ends to get in on him. It's like, oh, you're going to throw that kick. Okay, this is going to be my way to get in on you now. You know, instead of yeah. me like running up and sticking my jab, trying to duck and then like try to push you to the fence, he's going to let you come to him. He's going to, you know, you once you throw that kick, he's going to block it, ship it around, and then you kick the because you have him up on one leg, right? You'll kick this leg out from underneath him, and you can get them to the floor without using a lot of energy. And then when he gets him to the floor, he's looking for the submission. That's going to be... Uh, he doesn't need to. He can beat the shit out of you there. Okay. Yeah, he can... John Jones is elite on the ground. I think he would actually look to just beat the shit out of him first. And if he rolls over and gives up his neck, he's like, fine, I'll choke you now. But Okay. Because I was going to say, John Jones' submission is plus 750. Yeah. But that seems about right. I don't think he will go for the submission unless yeah, okay. the guy literally rolls it over. You know, mm-hmm. like when you... Like if you're in but that's not mount and he's like elbow you in the face and you're just like, oh my God, all right, I'm going to turn to my belly and he just, all right, choke me out. And it's like kind of uh, like giving up. He's kind of like submitting. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Uh, the over under for rounds is four and a half. So it's pretty much go to decision or not. And that's a minus 140 that it goes to decision. What do you guys think? Because hmm. it's heavyweights. Does heavyweight? It seems like heavyweights go to decision more often. No, I would doubt it's the it. other way. Yeah. I would think the under. So that's plus one ten. If it if it if it Goes ends under? if it if it ends before decision. I would say I would think somebody gets stopped in this fight one way or another. Okay, so that might be a a small value play. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah, I just wanted to go. I saw that and I thought I wonder what you got what the guys think about that. Um, okay. Putting you on the spot. All right. Who wins? I'm going with John Jones. Going you with John Jones. Okay. I know you don't go against a guy. You can. Jake was saying he's 26 and one, but that one loss he has, he was like killing the guy. Matt Hamill. Yeah, he was like beating the shit out of him when he got the loss because he did an illegal move. But what they don't talk about that before he got him to the damn ground, when he threw him to the floor, he dislocated his shoulder. When he threw him to the ground, so technically, if the ref would have saw that, they should they should have stopped the fight after he did that. Wow. Okay. So he should that elbow in reality probably should never happen. That they could they realize he took his shoulder out of the socket, you know. Mm. But he, I don't see how he. I have a hard time betting against people that haven't really showed you a whole lot of deficiencies. Yeah. You know, he's really not the the, and the guys that you saw like do good against him. I think it was a little bit exaggerated. You know, I, the best guy I thought, like, what was that, Reyes? Reyes, yeah. He's probably the best guy. But that other guy, I don't think that is well. Um, Silva? Was, was uh, Sil- Santos? Santos. Santos, Santos. Yeah. yeah, Santos. I thought they overhyped that guy's performance a little bit against Gustafson him. Gustafson did great the first match. I thought it was close, but then Jones owned him on the second one. Yeah, that need, that, that here's another another thing I was telling you about. Dirty tactics. He need him. Like right next to his hip flexor, like almost like if he would have been four, you know, four inches to the right, it'd been like right in the dick. You know what I mean? So like he hit him like right where your groin is and yeah. he hit him. He, there's there's like major nerves there. Shut, he shut his leg down. If you saw him when he got on his back, he couldn't even move his leg. Wow. He shut his leg down. In boxing, you wear this big giant cup protector. Like not only does it cover your nuts, but it actually flares out to protect these things protect these tendons specifically around your groin all right and usc you just wear that little tiny cup so he's aiming for these areas and it's technically legal 
He's, it's, it's dirty though. He's <laughs> the dirtiest fighter in my opinion. Rampage says he's the dirtiest fighter. Oh yeah, he ruined his he ruined Rampage's leg. Yeah, he kicks your knee backwards on purpose. He tries to hyperextend it, and then if he gets a couple of those, the guy can't move around nearly as much. And well, it takes your power too. He did that to Rampage because Rampage was um pretty heavy handed. Yeah. So if you're if you have heavy hands, you need your legs because you need to be able to shift off the ground. Mm-hmm. When you take your leg from him, he's not gonna have any leverage now. Yeah. And John Jones is really tough, too, against the fight uh, when he fought Chael Sonnen. Mm. He actually almost lost that fight. He he beat Chael Sonnen's ass, but his toe got dislocated oh. and was sideways. Right. And the referee didn't notice it. And John Jones ended up winning the fight with a sideways toe. So he's, he's a really tough guy. <laughs> wow. I uh, Sorry, I was just like uh, getting it. It was an hour and ten minutes until... We really got into a good conversation between you guys. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I was sitting back and just listening. Um, okay, so John Jones. We got one for John Jones. That's who I like. I actually, He's your favorite guy. I actually already bet on John Jones at okay. e- even money. He was minus. He was plus one twenty five originally. I took. Is that right? Yeah, I took Jones even money. If if I wanted to right now, I could take. Cyril gone, take the exact opposite and do an arbitrage bet and have zero yeah. risk. And if uh, gone wins, I would win 65. Uh, I, I bet 100 bucks. So if, if I bet 100 on both sides, if Jones wins, then I, I would lose nothing. But if gone wins, I'd win 45. So you have a free play of uh, plus 0.65 units, basically. A free, yeah. a free play. Let me double check the gone. Are you gonna oh, do that? Gone is a uh, plus one sixty, so it'd be a. a He's plus one sixty now. Uh, as high as one sixty. It depends okay. if you're shopping around. I see him as low as like one thirty and as high as one sixty. Are you gonna do the arbitrage bet? I don't think so, to be honest. It's very tempting though. Just because that's your guy. I just I don't know I I don't think Jones is gonna stand up with him. I think he's gonna take him down and. It says a lot that he started at plus 125 and he's now at like minus 155 or whatever. That's a huge the, move. The public moved it for about is to, that, about to say that. Is that public you. or is it stuff we don't know that they're like moving it because they need to move it or both? It's probably both. I, I would I, suspect it's the public, but I don't know. It's a giant it, public it move. It could be both, but I think I saw something like. 85% of the public is betting on Jones or something. Then that crazy. would make sense that it would that it would move that much. It's kind of hard to bet against him at this point, even though he does have a massive layoff, but everything you put in front of him, he figures it out. And that's actually I think his biggest uh, weapon is his mind. Yeah. He's really he's really smart and he'll figure he'll figure you out, you know, just And he and he has been like blessed to be like a good like one of the better athletes but he has he has the brain to use that body yeah you definitely. know and he knows how to he knows what you do too that's actually what i think he does best is that he analyzes people really well he knows how to break you down he knows how you how you want to fight and he knows how to take that away from you yeah he's dangerous he's so good he's so well-rounded i don't think he's the best at one thing but he's just so dynamic he knows so many different strategies I like, think if he wanted to, he probably could be like one of the better wrestlers in the UFC, but he doesn't want to use it as much anymore. I know. He when took he first down started, and- I know, when he first started, he was throwing people all over the place, but as he upgraded, he just left it. I think it's because wrestling's so tiring. It's ta- it's hard. Like you you see like Michael Chandler, Justin Gagey, these guys are all D1 wrestlers, none of them wrestle. 
in the UFC. They all just strike and they try to knock people out. You know, they just wrestling's exhausting. You know, you don't want to deal with it. Yeah, even wrestlers don't want to wrestle. <laughs> I would think Jones is gonna want to wrestle this time. I wouldn't want to stand up with Gone. I know Gone. He's one of the best uh, heavyweight strikers I've seen in, in a while. And yeah, John Jones was saying that everyone says how quick Cyril Gone is at striking and. John Jones brought up, he brought up a good point. He's like, I I fought so many quick strikers. People in lightweight are way faster strikers on average, you know. Mm-hmm. So he's you mean he's light heavyweight? Light heavyweight. So yeah. so he's uh he's got the experience with quick strikers, and this will be a tough one though. Well, I'm really excited. Well, we could tell by the look on your face. Yeah, <laughs> the excitement is there. <laughs> um, I'm gonna push back on you guys. I'm gonna go with Ciro Gone. All okay. right, that's gonna be my pick. The only reason I was better. on the fence, it makes it better, and I was on the fence. But when you told me that only fifteen percent of the public is on Zero God, I was like, "Well, there's my pick right there." <laughs> you know me, the contrary. <laughs> yeah. Um, let's go over all of our picks real quick. Okay. We'll just do it real fast. Uh, the first one, every I'll just go through that one. Bo Nickel, we all we all got Bo Nickel. Wait, I actually have murder. a value pick that I I think there's value there. So. Bo Nickel, it was like minus 1,400 or minus 1,800, something ridiculous. But if you take Bo Nickel, uh, KO, or TKO, or uh, win by disqualification, it's plus 175. That's because he's going to submit the guy. Most likely. I mean, he can, obviously. Um, I don't know. I I could see him taking him down and striking him. And I don't know. Grand and in the fight like that, too. Interesting. I feel like if you're going to get value, it's going to be there. Okay. So he, he's so good, he's going to submit the guy in the first round. It, I think he's going to absolutely overwhelm this guy with wrestling. And he's going to do what Jake said or what I'm thinking. I think he's going to overwhelm him. He'll start punching him in the face. And the guy is going to give up a submission. That's how I think it's going to go. But if he doesn't and he tries to fight it out, he's going to get knocked out, how Jake said. Okay. There's you know, a little bit of value there. It's right. plus 150 to win by knockout or TKO, and it's minus 150 to win by submission. Mm-hmm. So if you're looking for value, it's even, way better value than the minus 1800 or whatever. Yeah, even the shit. minus 150 submission, if that's how you think it's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, that's a great... That sounds like a, that the bet. That's interesting. Uh, Bo Nichols got some good hands, too. He's actually practices... Uh, and boxing. Yeah. I wouldn't think he'd be as good as striking, but if you watch him, he's got heavy hands. I wonder if there's a bet where you can get either one. You can. Mine. You can, There's a... Let me look it up. So that would be an and instead of an or. It's a alternative method of victory double chance on um, DraftKings. So you can pick two different methods. I'll look up the odds right now. Double chance. Those are soccer bets right there. <laughs> Whether you can get the draw or the win... The double chance bet. All right. Bo Nickel to win by KO. Um, let's see. Well, uh, while you're... Yeah, this is... I'll have to look a little longer. It's it's something to think about. Even yeah. if we don't know what the odds are, I if you... I mean, if you're so huge on Bo Nickel, um, obviously you're not going to put up $1,500 to win 100 But those are some alternative bets that you could do. Those are good finds. Okay, uh, next one. Gamrot and Turner. I know you want Turner. Parish. I like Turner. Jake, who do you like on that one? That was minus 650 to win by uh, KO or submission for oh, Nickel. Okay. okay, that makes sense that it would jump up that high. For the Gamrot, I'm going with Gamrot by decision plus 250. Oh, that's right. Yes, and I'm going to go with Gamrot too. 
Um, next one, uh, Rachmanov and Neil. I think we all picked Rachmanov yeah, on that one. I, don't, I think I think that Neil guy though is a bit underrated. I think especially after the uh, Vicente Luque fight, he think he. I think he's going to come in and try to give it a real go, but I think he's going to get outclassed. This other guy's a, a really good striker. Jake? Uh, if I was looking for value, I'd do Shavkat by decision. What, what's that at? Plus 225. I love how you always just find out the the uh, the bet. You find the value. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to take it. You're taking uh, Shavkat. Shavkat on that one. Shevchenko? Uh, Parrish, are you going to... Are you going to stretch out and go for Grasso or? I think I'm going to. Are you? Somebody All needs right. to do it. Yeah, somebody's got to do it. <laughs> Somebody needs to do it. Heck yeah. All right. So two underdogs for Parrish. Jake, who do you like on that one? I'm going Shevchenko. Oh, man. I... Even though I really do like, I mean, I was watching some videos on Grasso. I was like, I like the way she fights. I think she has like, um, I think she has like around like a 33% chance of figuring this out somehow. I don't know if this is going to sound racist or not, but she fights like she's Hispanic. <laughs> does that is that I if it, I, yeah, I no. do not mean that racist no I mean <laughs> are you saying that's a good thing or a bad I'm thing I'm saying it's a positive okay, thing okay then it's not okay, racist it's, okay yeah, it all, it's only it depends who you're married to her. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm married to a white chick so alright go home to that <laughs> fight to the death yeah, that's right? a good point yeah <laughs> it is a negative thing alright Jake uh, you like I guess Shevenko by KO plus 175 all right. Is anybody keeping track of all Jake's bets? I love all these like value bets. <laughs> you got to come out on top on on all these. We'll have to check it. Okay, Jones. I think we went over it already, but Jones, Parrish, Jones. I like Jones. Just um, just straight up. I don't. Did we find anything value wise in the Jones fight? I think Jake might have found something on the Jones. Well, I I love Jones at even money, and then gone I, I could almost see you taking it at plus 140 uh, plus 160 that's very tempting I, i'm gonna tell you well, we got to give you the arbitrage because since you yeah. got it in yeah i know you can't get that now the yeah. listeners can't get that now but we got to give it to you yeah we so that's your bet is the arbitrage yeah. so you just won you well, just won that bet i'll either break even or 160 yeah that's a that's a great play i love arbitrage bets and i'm going with zero gone just i think that's my only yeah, that's my only uh, underdog right. that I picked. Right. But yeah, there we go. Um, so we do a little segment where we recommend something on the podcast. I think all four of us might have something where we recommend something. It could be a book, could be a movie, could be a podcast, could be a song. Don't do a song. Jake, you have a recommendation for this week? Um, I don't know if I've recommended this yet. I, hopefully I haven't. But The Man Who Solved the Market... I don't think you have. Is uh, that a book? Yeah, it's how Jim Simons launched the quant revolution. It's uh, basically about this guy that crushed the stock market. He was the first person that used machine learning to do stock trading. So I don't know. That was a really amazing book. Is that is that off Market Wizards? That's a different book. It's than a Mark different book okay. by Gregory Zuckerman. Okay. All right. Yeah. Check that out. Chris. Yeah, I know you have um, something that has something to do with a previous it's podcast. It's going to get a little like woo-woo with this, but oh, this is my favorite book woo-woo. of all time. And uh, it was uh, Phil Jackson. Actually, it's a book that had a huge impact on his life. And it's uh, Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance by Robert M. Persig. Um, it's basically a philosophy book wrapped around this father and his young son taking a motorcycle trip across the country. 
Um, and so there's a passage from that book that has something to do with what Jake talked about earlier uh, in an earlier podcast. And it goes, we take a handful of sand from the endless landscape around us and we call that handful of sand the world, which basically means like a lot of times people just kind of take what's like in front of them and what they think they know. And they think that's what the whole world is like about. And Jake was talking about on a previous podcast about how, he, you know, he watched a bunch of Lakers and Broncos games. And so he thought he knew like everything about those two sports because he knew those like the Lakers and the Broncos until he kind of stepped back and saw there's like endless possibilities out there to look at instead of just like what you see with your eye. And so kind of just like that's my favorite book. And I thought about that like little passage from there. And I love that book. And I think we just came up with a new segment. Get deep with Chris. <laughs> I've got, I've got I, more. I can't wait for the next one. It's kind of like a Stuart Smalley live, you know? Like, yeah, I'll play some music behind yeah. it next time. Oh, man. I can't wait for next podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> Parrish, do you have a recommendation? Um, well, I don't have any. Well, I shouldn't say that. Mike Tyson's book was actually okay. If you, anybody wants to go read that, that was that wasn't that bad. It's kind of it's kind of messed up, but he he says some things in there that are are kind of profound and stuff. And just like his, the way he he's he's smarter than a lot of people give him credit for. Oh, he's really you, you could tell just like all those experiences that he's had is really shaped in the way he is. Another person I like to recommend that's kind of doing what we're doing right now. I watch him on YouTube. I actually interacted with him a little bit. His name's uh, Daniel Levy, and uh, I forget. I think his podcast is called uh, not podcast. His YouTube is called Half the Battle. Really nice guy. Good insight. He he follows the sport even closer than I do. So and that's just for MMA. That's he he just does MMA, and uh, he's a really cool dude. And um, he's doing it kind of like what we're doing right now, but he just looks at stuff and he he knows guys like from like almost their amateur days so he's really like ear, the guy with the ear to the ground so i think if you guys want to get a little bit more uh, mma information he's a good source okay yeah i'm gonna check that out um mine is an mma show on youtube as well um it's called sports kita I don't know if you guys have heard of that no. um i watched so basically this guy he only has a thousand subscribers but he got interviews with all of the fighters, minus John Jones and Sierra. No, uh, yeah, minus the title fight. But he got interviews with all the other guys and uh, really good interviews. They're like 10-minute segments and he like dives in deep with them. And uh, I, I don't know, it for a guy that doesn't know much about it and needed like a crash course, it really like brought me up to speed. Or at least I felt like I got brought up to speed. What's his name again? Uh, so the 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 channel is called Sports Kida. It's Sports K E E D A, MMA Originals. Okay. You bring was, it up. Yeah, I was wondering if it was a guy I saw the other day. It's a guy where he does uh, an interview where like he's on the left, the fighters on the right, and uh, it's just like a ten minute video. Okay. I'll he kind of looks like a goofy guy that that wouldn't. Be into MMA? It might be the same guy I saw the other day because I was seeing him interview all these different UFC fighters. Okay. But he but he asks good questions and he asks questions for guys who... If, if, if someone want, like wants to get into MMA, um, he asks questions that like that get you in. That like give you an in into it. Is it that guy? The beard? No. No, okay. He doesn't have a beard. He's okay. clean cut. Okay. Sports Kita. Sports Kita. Check it out. 
All right, guys. I don't think we've mentioned it, but sign up to you, BetSmart. Uh, we don't have any official MMA plays, even though I think we do. I think we called one official MMA play. Well, we need to get a system down first, but yeah. I'm, I'm down to keep throwing them out there. What just after a time, Jake and I are going to work on a, an algorithm to get down to make, make this make sense because we don't even know what we're supposed to be uh, crunching yet. I think we're having a hard time. Like, what are the proper metrics to be looked at? You know, and it's just kind of. I, I initially thought like height and reach were big things. I just got done watching like four guys get like get knocked out and where these things didn't matter at all. And these are like under fights, obviously. And these aren't larger cards. But my point is like maybe these metrics aren't as important as we think. Maybe it's more of a weight cut. Maybe it's more of um longevity. When was your last fight? You know, how, how long has it been since the last one? I think there's something we need to find out, but we haven't found it yet. But we will. Yeah, and there's not as much... Uh, data on UFC compared not, to other sports. And what I don't know, like what what would we what is considered important? Like when I, I think the 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 punch strike thing, not punch strike, significant like strikes, significant strikes, and um, takedown. That seems logical. Yeah, like that seems something that we should account for. But it seems like a lot of the tangible, like being bigger, doesn't really necessarily play as big of a factor because that is. I mean, unless they're like heavyweight. They have to cut the weight, so that means that guy is, even though he's a bigger man, he's going to have to be cutting more weight than that other guy. He's going to be less hydrated. These things are, look at Volkanovski and Islam. Did that, Islam look like he had a size advantage in that fight to you? From like a, like like throwing him around? Like he got him to the ground, but it wasn't easy. Yeah, exactly. It's like... And it's hard. There's not a lot of data on the stuff that you're bringing up right right there, too. Like, I don't know. We'll figure it out. It, yeah. It's kind of like football, where football is the hardest sport to bet on because there's not a lot of data. They only have, really? what, 17 games now? And yeah. like for baseball, they have 162 games and there's a oh, shit ton of data. So crazy. then we can, the data is more true. It like, it like goes to a more true value to where you know in the long run, this is going to happen. But with football, like things change so much over the course of 16 games. There's in, there's so many injuries that the players get switched in and out all the time. Like it's so hard. So same thing with UFC. They they only fight so often, and there's not a lot of data. I can imagine there's not a lot of data. Yeah, I would imagine that the way to get in on MMA fighting is getting an in, like being on the inside info, being close to the fights. Of course, I bet you that's the way to get in. Or maybe, um, maybe there's a different metric. Maybe we should be looking at like these fight camps. I noticed that was there's a lot of those. Um, who was it? Justin Kraus. He put. He had like eight fighters. I forget what what was it? it. Was a couple months back. He had like eight fighters fight over the course of a certain amount of months, and like seven of them won. Oh wow! So that might be something to consider. Maybe we should be looking at the coaches. You know who's coaching these guys? You know because actually eight is going to determine. He's, they're going to shape what this person is, you know? Yeah. I think that's a great idea. I mean, that's what we look at a lot of times. We look at those, like, those stats that nobody is looking at. Like, for instance, umpires in baseball mm-hmm. look at, like, strike-to-ball ratios. Um, and, yeah, umpires is a big thing for strikeouts, especially since you're doing strikeouts yeah. a lot of times. So, yeah, looking into coaching, um, I mean, there's not a lot of difference in – in judges, if you can look at judges, but I know the judges well, there, probably had something significant are, in that last there's fight. There's a large difference in judges. Is it's there? Not, okay. Oh my god. There's so that could be something. I don't even. I know, but 
Do they have then how do we follow? Do they these, have data for yeah, that? That's yeah. How do we follow these judges? And are you going to be privy to who's judging the fight before it happens? Like, they, I don't think they do that, right? They I'm don't tell sure. you who the judge is going to be before the fight happens. You find that out, like, at, literally as they're like announcing it. Okay. I don't think they give it to the public probably for that reason. Yeah. So that, I mean, how could we use that? You, as you'd have something? to be like close to the fight. <sighs> I know Joe Rogan. He's talked about how, like, twenty years ago when he first got into it, like he was telling some people to do some things and then oh. he was like i gotta stop doing this because i don't want to i don't want to lose my why am i risking this yeah to, to but he he's he took he set his record one time and he's like we were winning like 80 percent of the time but he knows the inside information you know yeah but why would he risk that just to win some extra cash he's already got a lot of cash yeah, it's the thrill you know, it's oh, like and yeah. being able you're to do to it, seeing if you're right. You know, how about that? Some people yeah. just do things just to see if it works. Yeah. 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 And, and I know he said he stopped doing that, but I would be I, I would bet on that he might still do that. <laughs> I heard him talk about the same. I think we listened to the same one. And he said that was back before, like he said, the odds were all screwed up back then. Like nobody knew the odds makers didn't know what they were doing. Okay. yeah. And he was only betting like $50 a fight. <laughs> just, yeah. It's, it's more the thrill of like, yeah. and knowing he knew what he was doing. yeah, like, yeah, it is. It, it's totally like that. It's, I'm not saying it's not great to win money, but maybe it's just because I'm, I'm this big of an asshole, but I like being right more. Than I like making money. I don't know why that is. Like, like I told you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and the, me being right made you money. You know? I mean, like, that, that's probably – if, if you went into the like, – I mean, in the next podcast when we go go deep with Chris, <laughs> we'll probably find out, like, that's what drives me and Jake. Yeah. Like, we just want to be right about and our the, decisions. And money is a byproduct. And, and, and yeah, money is just, uh, uh, like, what happens from that. Uh. Yeah. All right. Well, that was a, this was a lot of fun. This was a it really is. fun. We got to do the next one. I had a great time. Thank you for yeah, having thanks me. Thanks for coming out, guys. Yep. I really appreciate it. All right. Don't forget to sign up to YouBetSmart.com. I was I was saying that, and then we got into another discussion. <laughs> YouBetSmart.com um, for, I mean, it fluctuates every week for $25, for $50 a month. Something. Just DM me, and we'll cut you a deal. <laughs> um, sign up. You get all of our picks. If you would have done all of our picks for the last two months, you would have more than doubled your money. Um, and that's only in 60 days. Sign up, youbetsmart.com. That's a letter U, betsmart.com. Also, follow us on Twitter, at youbetsmart. You get three free plays a day. I've been doing a really good job of putting all the free plays out there. We've gained our followers. Jake, we're actually starting to gain followers on Twitter. We're up over 1,000% in the last week. Wow. I figured something out. What I don't know what it is, but I figured something out. So follow us on Twitter at YouBetSmart and you get three free plays every day. But it's not all of our plays. We usually give it like 10 to 30 a day. So uh, YouBetSmart.com. Guys, this was fun. It was great. I had a great time. time. Thank you. All right. right, We'll see you next week. Let's do it again soon, huh? Sure. All right. Thanks, guys.